Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody. It's Erin Chamberlick, holistic nutritionist, coming to you live from Nashville. Visit my website, getbetterwellness.com. Today we have a fourth in our series, Could It Be Mold? And we're just at this point sharing some overview information and stories of, of people who are dealing with this, have dealt with it, and have you know, begun to come through with some healing. So today we have um, a guest, a special guest, Jennifer Cannon. Welcome, Jennifer. Nice to be here. Thanks for hey, being thanks here. Thanks for having we, me. Um, I appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. We're 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 um, you know going to share that your website is survivingtoxicmold.com, and Jennifer is a mother of two college students, um, currently living in Michigan with her fiance. Um, her mold situation started, um, you know, a couple years ago, and I'll have her tell that story uh, back in Illinois. So Jennifer is surviving and now helping other people to deal with um, that situation in their lives. So she does run the website in a Facebook group, which um, combined attracts nearly over 100,000 unique users a month who are just searching for answers to their quote-unquote, mysterious health problems that doctors are, like, scratching their heads and not solving. So why don't we just have you start out, Jennifer? Tell us your story. Take us back to how this all began for you. Well, first of all, I, I really appreciate you having me on. <laughs> um, I You know, a lot of people want to hear these big, elaborate stories about this stuff because I think people really don't understand it until it actually happens to them. And I and I was honestly guilty of that. I wouldn't say guilty like it's something bad, but um, that actually happened to me where, you know, life was moving on just how it should and everything was great and perfect. My situation is a little different. Mine is a little bit more pronounced and, and I would say tragic and overnight and acute in a sort of a way, in a medical term, <laughs> and acute. Uh, story, but the other stories are more like progressive. They're not sure what's going on. Mine was very clear. So I guess, mm. you know, a lot of people are also looking for that validation of when they have a story, is their story, you know, not clear enough to be answered. And I think that's part of my mission is to help people realize that their story doesn't have to be this sudden onset acute thing and a diagnosis and everything's fine and dandy and they get on with their life, it can be this long, drawn-out thing because of the way that our system is. Our system is set up in the medical system to basically not believe it or to discredit it in some way. So I'll right. start I'll start with that to let people know that when they hear my story, doesn't mean that it has to be their story and that it's just you know, there's still no hope for them. So I, I, by the end of this conversation, I like to tell people that there is hope. Um, so my story began in, I'd say 2000, well, this story <laughs> would begin in 2011. My personal story began in 1974 when I was born, but we won't go there. Um, I, I <laughs> basically was a, an entrepreneur um, my whole adult life. And that was just something that I really wanted to do. I, I was doing business um, associations. I started a baking business at one time, and then my last ordeal was I had a marketing firm. I was running from my home. I had um, many contractors working with me doing, you know, people's marketing, and about we had about eight to ten companies at one time. Right at the end of my, at my where my story now begins. <laughs> so I was basically in the middle, to be honest with you, of of a business transaction online. And sitting at my desk at home, and next thing you know, I literally blacked out. But I was conscious, which was crazy. I could feel everything black mm-hmm. out. I felt, you know, like my breath being taken from me. So it was almost a feeling of that obviously I'd never felt before, but it was a feeling of 
this is it. I'm dying. Mm. And it's like I, I didn't really know what was going on. All I, all I could remember was basically just trying to stay conscious the whole time. And my kids were calling 911. You know, it was just a weird experience, kind of like something you'd see in a, in a nightmare movie, you know, a thriller movie or something. Um, I basically was brought through the system, you know, emergency room. They, they ran so many tests for about 24 hours, could not figure out anything. They basically just kind of wrote me off, and, and this is what most people can relate to, is the feeling of being written off, of, well, you're fine. You're not dying this moment, so go back home. So they basically gave me all these different diagnoses, probably five or six of them, um, you know, stress, anxiety, panic attack, which none of this I had ever had in my life before. So I went mm-hmm. home. And within three to four hours, I think I was I was home that next afternoon. Within the next three to four hours, it happened again. Came back to the hospital again, same ordeal again. So all these doctors are wow. like, well, it's going on again. They ran the same test. And this is what infuriates most people <sighs> is you sit next to the same people or you sit next to different people in the ER and, you know, you hear the same the doctor comes in and tells him he ran the same test that he ran on you, and that person isn't even in there for the same thing you're in there for, right? So that's kind of infuriating because you're thinking, oh, my God, this is obviously not that, you know, that hit show house. Remember when the doctors, just you go in there and they all look and search for what's wrong with you? That's like a dream, right, right? you know? (laughs) But this, you know, this never happened to me. So this went on and on and on for days, Um, and they would never admit me into the hospital. So all they did was they began to drug me. So they basically gave me Xanax and told me, here's a 60-day supply of Xanax. Mm -hmm. And if anyone knows who's in the medical field or if you're not in the medical field and you do understand about addiction and some of these benzo drugs, a 60-day supply is not something you want. Um, It's very, you're supposed to you know, if they're using this drug, which I honestly don't recommend anymore, drugs at all, but if they do use it, they're supposed to use it for a week or two to keep the, the patient stable or whatever the situation is. In that meantime, I was either a zombie or I was in a panic attack. And, and I mean severe panic attack. I don't just mean, you know, the kind where you're like, okay, it lasts for a couple of minutes or an hour or something. I mean, this was like mm-hmm. hours and hours and not, my whole days would go by and I'd be in a, in a you know, a severe panic attack. So, of course, mm-hmm. the drug was the only thing that would stop it. Um, during that whole time, I was just searching like crazy. What is wrong with me? And, of course, everyone nowadays, you know, they all go to the Internet. Or it used to be like WebMD, right? Remember, because now we make kind of jokes about it, right? So if you've got a symptom, yeah. you go to WebMD, and it'll tell you that you're dying for sure. <laughs> so <laughs> you're basically like, okay, great. I know I've got a brain tumor. This is what's happening to me. So I, you know, I was really just going crazy with all this research. And I think, you know, from my past, when I graduated from high school, I really wanted to be a paralegal really bad because I really liked research and I just stopped Mm -hmm. doing that for years. And when this happened, it's like, it just kicked in for me. It was like, I was the research queen all of a sudden. I'm like, no, I'm going to find a cure. I'm going to find what's wrong with me. And I started going to, you know, I'm looking for practitioners and honestly, modern medicine did not have the answer for me. And I was just like, okay, I've got to find alternative practitioners. We've got to start going down this path. So I did, you know, what most people end up doing is they end up leaving the system and, you know, getting away from popping pills and say, look, we've got to find the root cause, you know, of what's going on. So within that six months, of course, you know, I had friends and people like that trying to kind of like not sure what to do, you know, because I was so sick every day. I didn't want people coming over. I could barely have conversations on the phone. And I had a friend say to me, you know, what if it's your house? And I said, well, I can't Hmm. imagine that it would be my house because I'm not sure what, you know, what to look for. And she said, well, did anyone do anything in the last 
you know, year or so to the house. And I sat there and I thought, you know what? I did, I hit the landlord, because I was renting this three-bedroom home, the landlord actually sent someone in to rip up flooring and because I saw some, I thought it was dirt or something, you know, and I thought, well, maybe it's molding, it's wet or something under the toilet. Mm-hmm. And he ripped all this brand new flooring that was already there and just put more flooring on top of it. And I was like, wow, okay, maybe it's the house. So I started writing a list and my list started with mold. It was just random. I didn't really know about mold or anything. Started with mold, then I put lead, and then I put, you know, all the things that that it could be, you know, yeah, gases and VOCs and whatever I could think of in my head. I just made a list. I said, okay, great. I'm going to start at the top of the list, and I'm going to work my way down, and we're just going to see if this is a potential. So, of course, mm-hmm. I called, you know, the a mold inspector. He came, did a thorough inspection. Didn't take him long. Um, probably 30 minutes before he told me, you know, I'd I'd really rather you not be in the home. And that's all he said to me. And I said, oh, okay. I thought maybe that was just procedure. So I left. Mm -hmm. I think I went to a coffee shop with my daughter or something. We came back and he's like, "Um, I'm going to put, I'm going to expedite this. I said, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. I just thought he was being nice about it. Apparently, he Mm -hmm. expedited it because he saw the worst situation that he could possibly face. Mm. And he expedited it that day, which is like, which is rare, um, just so you know, Mm -hmm. you can't get mold testing that day. Um, But I guess Mm -hmm. he had relationships with the lab. Took it there, and he called me back, and he said, look, you know, are you sitting down? (laughs) I want to tell you that this is probably the worst error test. I've ever seen in my life. And I've been inspecting mm. for 20 years. And I was, mm. I just sunk. I was sitting in my car at a park and I just sunk. And I said, mm. really? And he, he said, yeah. He said, you have got the world's, you've got the top four world's most dangerous, deadly mold toxins in your air space. And he said, this mm-hmm. isn't even counting your dust or anything that's settled into the ground, or I haven't even taken samples of anything that I saw. And I'm like, Mm. oh, my gosh. So I literally, that was really great for my panic disorder, right? You can imagine. (laughs) So I, (laughs) I mean, you know, it's not funny because, I mean, I know there's plenty, there's people on this call Mm -hmm. that know what panic disorder and anxiety feel like, and it's not a joke. But at least you knew what you were fighting then instead of like, okay, so I'm not crazy. There's something real here. Well, yeah, to a point I knew, you know, to a point, because I also, there was that mystery of, okay, that's, that's a huge finding. Now I need to put these pieces of the puzzle together. How does that correlate with me? How does that correlate with my symptoms and my body and what's going on with me? And why aren't my kids falling on the floor? So all these things were a mystery, and this is exactly what people are going to relate to when they listen to this, is it's like, is it just me? Like, what's going on? So I eventually found, um, this is after a couple more months, I not, sorry, not a couple more months, a couple days, because I didn't actually move back into the house. I refused to go back in. Um, I actually had to stay with a friend. And I literally found there was a test that you could take, and it was from your urine. And it was called a mycotoxin, you know, urine lab test. And it was based out of Texas. So I was like, okay, uh, that's going to be my next thing. I've got to take this thing to see if those, that the byproduct from that mold is actually coming out of my urine. So I took that mm-hmm. test and bingo, it was positive. And the crazy thing mm-hmm. about it being positive was all of the mycotoxins that showed up on that test match the same type of mold species that were found in that house exactly. It was incredible. Mm-hmm. And most people don't get that satisfaction. You know, they'll find maybe a few types of mycotoxin, but it won't be all of them. They won't match perfectly. Mine was just like match, 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 match mm-hmm. across the board. Mm-hmm. So I immediately took action. Um, I had a neighbor that was close to me who had, he had some homes that were empty. Um, they were, perfectly new and clean and everything. And he said, look, they're, they're 
you know, I'm selling them. People are just coming through looking at them. They're empty. If you guys want to go over there and stay, you can go. So we just, mm-hmm. we basically fled that same day. Um, we mm-hmm. fled and went to this house. And I just remember sitting in the floor of that house and just crying my eyes out and trying to explain to 11 and a 13-year-old that we just lost everything we have. And sitting in the mm. floor with Chinese takeout, you know, yeah. like, it was amazing. And I, I called my mom, and she's like, no way. And, and she's like, look, I'm coming over there. We literally just dug in our bank account. Between the both of us, we scraped up. I had 500 I think she had 600 We put it both together, and we went to Walmart, got air mattresses, you know, basic living supplies mm. as if you had nothing, you know. Right. And we just, mm-hmm. we slept on air mattresses, new pillows, bought, you know, combs, brushes, a new outfit each. At the time, I was a member of a a local uh, gym. And from all my research, I had read that even us wearing the clothes that we had on in that house and walking to that new house was potentially dangerous. So I took the kids mm-hmm. to the showers at the gym. We washed up got all cleaned up and it was just crazy. You know, we changed into our, our Walmart, you know, nine ninety nine shorts and <laughs> we came back home and yeah. just sat there and ate, ate Chinese food. So that is where this all began. Um, then I had to, I had, I had just had to figure out what to do with, with landlords. Um, the landlord was a typical slumlord where he knew about the yeah. situation previously moving in he knew that the home was bad he tried to cover it up he tried to paint over it he tried to do all these different things he could to keep renting the home um i i talked to 32 lawyers in that county and and then in the state of illinois went even went so far as to go to state representatives in that state within a year Mm -hmm. and ended up with nothing because all because the laws in that in the state were not in favor of tenants they were in the favor wow. of landlords instead. And this is so common in a lot of states. I'd say most states is that these tenants have no rights, and it's always blamed on them and never mm-hmm. blamed on the landlord. So, yeah, so that's that's basically the, the story of it. Um, let's see, progressing from there, I would say I'm not sure there was really a point where I said, oh, you know, let me just start a website. It wasn't like that. Mm-hmm. It was more like I was losing cognitive ability quickly. I was losing. I had memory loss like nobody's business. It was, I mean, I would literally talk, and I couldn't even remember what I had just said. It was that bad. It was this short-term wow. memory thing. Mm-hmm. The long-term thing was fine. Like I could remember childhood, you know, my friends, my family, but this short-term thought process of strategizing and that was my, that was actually my thing. That's what I was hired to mm-hmm. do by companies was to strategize A to Z, you know, but I yeah. couldn't think A to B. So I literally said, you know, I can't even function. I'm going to have to tell all of my clients that it's over. I'm going to have to tell them that I have a health scare because I really can't explain it to them. I, there's, how do mm-hmm. you call, you know, a company that's making, I don't know, some of my companies were two, three million dollar a year businesses. How do I call a company like that and tell them, oh, by the way, I've got, I was exposed to mold yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> or they're not, right. you know, the, the, the public doesn't know that no. mold, there, there's, there's some molds that are so deadly and dangerous. They see it as an allergy. They're told it's an allergy. They're told to see allergists take allergy shots, it has nothing to do with that. Um, the molds that are found, the, that were found in my home, are actually actually toxigenic, of course, but they're neurotoxic. So they're just as dangerous as anthrax or anything, or anything in, that's similar. So, you know, I do get a lot of questions a lot from people about, well, how do you know you're allergic to mold? Because that's the only word they know how to use. I basically tell them this. Let me ask you this. Are you allergic to anthrax? (laughs) When people say that, 
they they just they, yeah they do what you do they laugh and they say you're kidding right why would you say that to me because that's what it is it's the same mm-hmm. potency it's actually worse than anthrax and I was actually told by a toxicologist who worked for the government for 35 years uh, Dr William Croft he's been retired now but he was he was such a blessing to me by showing me and teaching me all these things about toxic mold and all the dangers of it in his 35 years of work. And I was privileged, you know, to, to know him and to, to work with him at, at one time on some projects. But, yeah, so this is kind of okay. my story. Um, I but your kids were okay as far as you knew? Did you ever well, test them? You know, that's, that's what happened. when After we left, the kids were fine up until we left. Once we left, and it was very quickly, like I'd say a few days after we left, their bodies began to feel these symptoms. And I truly believe now from what I know and my research and and everything that's happened in the last 10 years is that this was was die-off for them. This was a way Mm -hmm. that their immune system was handling it before. Their immune system was keeping up to a certain point. But once mm-hmm. all that stuff, once they were removed from the from the toxin, it began to purge itself, and the immune system was just get out of here, you know. And they were young, and so it, it's I I have to say it's a lot easier for people who are not not the super young like babies or toddlers, but preteens mm-hmm. and teenagers. It's a lot easier for them to detox than it is for um, adults or elderly or the young, the very young. Um, and I witnessed that myself, although I do know that there are stories of people that have been in my website and group who have teenagers who have completely lost their childhood. They've lost their teenage years, mm-hmm. all those important times in life when, you know, they've got graduation and prom and friends and it, they lost it all. So there's, if there's anyone listening who thinks that it's okay, it doesn't happen to teenagers, it does. You know, it, it, it just depends on the person's chemical makeup in their body, and every single person is different. So, but, yeah, so that, that cognitive decline caused me to write all my research on these, you know, those yellow pads that are what, I don't know, what are mm-hmm. they, 9 by 11 or whatever they are. The legal pads is what they call them. Um, I was, I had probably 25 of these legal pads all over my furniture, just writing stuff and desk and everything. And I'm like, how can I control this information? It's so out of control. And I mm-hmm. literally just started taking all that information saying, well, look, you know, I, I did websites for 10 years. I know how to put websites together. Let me just put a website up for myself, but not for the, not yeah. for the public. So it was kind of my online database of me trying to figure out what was wrong with me and I organized all the information. And by the time I was a year into this of just filing everything into this website, I looked at it and I realized at that point it didn't have a name. You know, it didn't have a surviving toxic mold name. It was just data. And I'm like, you know, this is a website. This is like a research site. Like I'm going to go get a domain name. We're going to figure this out. And I'm going to make this something that the rest of the public can see because I can't be the only one dealing with this. So I did. I turned mm-hmm. it on, designed it, put it up, and next thing you know, I started. I, you know, I started getting all this feedback. You know, I started getting all these hits and emails coming in, and I'm like, this is crazy. <laughs> you know, there's so many people yeah. dealing with this. So then I began to um, reach out to the community, and I started a Facebook group, and that Facebook group grew fairly quickly. I think it's almost up to nine thousand now. We've got about nine thousand. Um, but it's it's become so much that I've actually had to have help now, which is good in a way. Um, other people helping me yeah, to answer right. questions because the questions come in. I'll get 25 to 50 questions per day of people just coming in. And that's not counting my website, which gets probably 30 or 40 that I try to answer personally. I did at first. Um, but now it's just become... Everyone wants to know what's going on because they're feeling it too. There's something happening mm-hmm. to them. So 
that's kind of where all this went. Um, it it turned into something that I had never planned. Um, you know, it it wasn't something that I said. You know, I'm I have this business idea. It, it had nothing to do with that. It was just purely out of me trying to figure out what was going on and then me trying to share with others and then connect with others that were going through the same situation. Yep. So that's that's yeah. basically everything in a nutshell. Um, I don't know if you have any questions for me or I'm sure you do. <laughs> well, um, think of the, you know, person who maybe has figured out that they, you know, are dealing with mold. Um, for example, let's say there's a person, maybe, you know, one out of, you know, the whole family of four is experiencing some neurological symptoms. They have signs of mold in their home or their environment. You know, what's, what's the first logical step? I mean, I, I just want to offer some practical things that now sure. that you have this mountain of research, what, what would you advise like your best friend if that was them? Sure. So on my website, I and we can include this maybe, I don't know if you've got a transcript, but um, I do have a step-by-step, and that was the one thing that I felt that the public needed was some sort of a step-by-step to do everything, you know, from even the first question, is mold even making me sick, you know, all the way to, you know, what do I do for treatment? Where do I go? Who can help me? What tests do I need to take? So that's on my website, but I will share the practical things here in, in our interview. But the first thing you want to do is you want to write down all of your symptoms, okay? So, or anyone else in the house who's having symptoms. So it could be just your child. It could be just you. It could be everyone. Um, I actually know there's plenty of families I know who their entire family got sick. Um, it was actually mm-hmm. rare, but it, it does happen. So the other thing that I want people to know is that there has been a lot of research out now by several doctors in the industry who have figured out that there is some sort of a genetic mutation or a genetic expression that happens when people get exposed to water-damaged buildings. So in in these studies, they have found some commonality that there could be an entire, let's say there's a family of four because we'll, we'll divide it, you know, into like an, an average family of four, like mom, dad, okay. daughter, son, okay? So out of these studies, they found that typically the females were the ones who got sick, okay? And then that, that sparked me to research more. And um, of why, you know, why would this be an issue? Digging deep into my research, I found that there were actually lab studies and scientific studies on some mycotoxins that were, uh, what would you call it? Um, they were expressed in the body because there was not enough testosterone in the system, which is so clear to me that males in some sort of fashion because they have enough, if they have enough testosterone, they're somewhat protected from these mycotoxins. And I was very fascinated by that study and how that would make sense because I'm seeing little boys getting sick from mold illness or getting, you know, from water damaged buildings. And I'm seeing older men not getting sick from it. But then I'm also, I'm like, well, then what explains, you know, some males getting sick from it? But then every time you would see these males that would get sick from it, they would actually have their T or their testosterone tested, and it was very low. So that made so much sense to me. So that's the first thing that I want people to know on as far as, you know, it's not me or it can't be me or my family members aren't sick, other people are. I want them Mm -hmm. to know that first. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of things that happen in the family dynamic where the husband will literally, and it creates this tension in the family where husband gets so upset. Maybe he's, maybe he's the breadwinner and maybe he's saying that the wife is just going overboard with this and she's nuts and she's crazy. And, you know, and it really tangles up their marriage, their relationships. Um, the whole family dynamic tends to break up because there's so much strife going on. 
Well, because one person or the mama or the mama bear <laughs> is protecting mm-hmm. her children and she knows that there's symptoms and we're feeling this. So I just like people to know that, that we need to look into that as a, as a option, that it's actually, that's the reason for this happening. Second of all, is if you suspect anyone that is, that does have that, there are a few things, there's a few steps you can take. The first thing I always suggest is to have your home tested by a professional. Um, do not go to your local Home Depot or Ace Hardware or whatever and grab a kit right. because those Patriot kits is, yeah. <laughs> actually have, yeah, there's, I have a, a lot of things on my website about not doing that. Those kits uh-huh. are actually false. They don't pick up on the world. They don't pick up on the, on the deadly molds. They don't pick up on the stuff that you really need them to pick up on. So they're kind of a waste of money. Um, mm-hmm. And to me, they're just a big marketing tool for some guy who created mold tests to make a ton of money off people on the Internet. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, don't get those. Also, don't get them from Amazon or any kits like that. What I do suggest is that you hire a professional mold inspector. Now, I do actually, I have started a new company called HomeTestingPros.com. And that company we've just started, it's only a year old, so forgive me if we're not covering in every state, but we do have 14 Mm -hmm. locations now um, in 14 Is Illinois one of them? uh, Actually, no, not in Illinois yet. Okay. Um, But, yeah, we're, we're working on each state as we can. We're getting through each state and trying to saturate. And we're basically, it's really hard for us to find because not all mold inspectors are up on the whole mold illness thing. And most of them are actually trained to to think that you can't get sick from mold, which is really counterproductive, <laughs> especially for people that are suffering from this. They're getting conflicting information and they'll have an ex, a so-called expert come in their home do a little ditty and do a little test and walk out and tell them that they're not sick for mold and that I'm an expert. I know what I'm talking about. So it's very difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. it's been my, it's been my goal to tr- not only train, but find these mold inspectors who do know what's going on, who do know that it is connected, who have been like me and have research or they have connections to people like yourself um, who are constantly educating people on, you know, their lifestyle choices and health, and they are connected to them, and they do understand these things, and so they do try to educate, you know, the homeowners on the potential dangers of it. So that's the first thing I would say is get them in there. And here's more specific. I don't know if we have a ton of time to go through all this, but you want to get air testing you want to get swabs of any visual colonies, and you also want to run an ERMI cloth dust test. And those you can get through envirobiomics.com. Um, and those are, you want to get all three tests because all three tests are like, a, it's like a big piece of a puzzle. So all those tests are just one specific, you know, puzzle piece. You put them all together, and you're going to have a bigger picture of what's going on in your house. So that's what I want to stress is getting your house tested first. If something comes back that's pretty bad, um, or here's the other thing, too, is you're getting mold testing experts who tell them that it's not bad. If that's Mm -hmm. the case, come to my website because I actually, we actually do interpretations on our, through our website and you can go to our website and we'll give you that link um, probably in this, in this segment, but they can get their interpretations on that test in a real fashion according to mold illness so they know it's not a threat. Um, but then the second thing you want to do is once you determine that, yes, there is a problem in the home and there are toxic molds there that are producing mycotoxin, which is that deadly neurotoxin, the, fir- the first thing you want to do is get anyone with symptoms, you want to get them tested with that urine test because that urine test is going to tell you, are you – do you have that mold in your body? And second of all, are those molds producing that mycotoxin? And is that mycotoxin being excreted or detoxed from your body on a daily basis? Is your immune system trying to get rid of it? And if that does Mm -hmm. come up, that's the next step you need to take. 
Then you need to go, I do have that step-by-step in my website that's very clear that says here, look, you know, we've got lots of practitioners that we can help guide you and, and, and maybe in your state there are some. And, you don't people don't always have to have a practitioner, but some people really like that. They like that hand-holding thing and like tell me what to do sort of thing. And maybe they don't have an idea of how to detoxify their body. Um, but then mm-hmm. after that, I would suggest that you deal with the house. And, again, it's, it's hard to pack all of this in a 30, 40-minute conversation because it's very – it's very, it's very strategic, you know, and it's a, it's my page, my uh, website is 280 pages. <laughs> so it's a very oh, long wow, process yeah. of all the yeah, yeah. research and a lot of stuff. But if they have any questions, they can contact us through the website. Again, we also have that Facebook group, which is very helpful. It's uh, the, the Facebook group is just basically called surviving toxic mold. Um, ask, it's called ask the experts. So we basically have okay. experts there that answer, yeah, answer your questions. Yep. So that's kind of so, our basic. Um, thing I want to ask you, you know, for the people who don't live in a state where you have um, home testing pros, you know, how are we mm-hmm. going to find that? Because I, I know I have a few people that are trying to get their home tested. They already tested positive for mycotoxins in their urine, and they're not sure where it's coming from in their house. Um, So we're just worried that they're going to get the, you know, you don't want somebody who's also the fixer. (laughs) And, you know, and I can fix it. (laughs) Yeah, so that's the main, that's one of the main missions. That's our mission statement for HomeTestingPros.com is, that we don't have a conflict of interest. And a lot of people, are they're new to this concept. So basically what you want is you want to locate a mold inspector that does not also do remediation or they do not also do the cleanup process or tell the cleanup, you know, people exact. I mean, I wouldn't say exactly how to do it because most mold testing companies will need to write a report to the remediator. However, mm-hmm. again, because... Again, if, you, if you've got the same person who's doing the test, doing your cleanup, they're going to automatically tell you on your test that it's horrible. It's horrid. It's horrific. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why? So they can charge you ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars uh-huh. $30,000 for a remediation. So always keep those things separate. Another thing I want to, you know, give your, your listeners is that if you need someone to test your home and it's and, – and, I would say, actually, I don't want, like, a ton of inquiries coming into the website of, like, you know, what do you think about this state or this state? But if someone is very serious and they're listening to this, they can contact me through hometestingpros.com in their state, and that would help me expedite our search in that state. And we might possibly be able to do that search for your readers, um, for your listeners, um, you know, quick. Yeah, and be able to do that for them. Because I know it is difficult. We do. We have a certain set of criteria that we look for, and we don't really share that criteria out in the public, you know, with for what to look for exactly. Right. Because that's kind of what our business does. Um, but yeah, if they'd right. like to, they can contact us for free, and we'd be happy to do that for free. Um, is to okay. try to locate someone for them. Um, yeah. So those are just two tips of you know people to look for. Um, there's a long list of things not to look for. You know, you don't want the mold tester who is going to give you a good deal. And here's why. And people get kind of shocked by this. They're thinking it's a service. Why not get the best deal, right? It's kind of mm-hmm. like saying a doctor tells you you need brain surgery and you're going to go look for a yeah. coupon for the best brain surgery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I tell people not to do that. <laughs> Right. So, now, can yeah. you, you know, you can do your own ERMI test, right? And But you need yes. the expert to do all three? Um, you don't have to. If you're, if you're not familiar with how to do it or you don't feel comfortable doing it, you can ask any of our contractors. We all, they're all trained on how to do ERMI and, and know what ERMI is for. But if there's, because a lot of mold testers do not, they actually will tell you that ERMI is a bad test. They were taught this mm-hmm. in their classes or whatever. Um, it's it's pretty it's pretty crazy. It's pretty wild. Um, if they're not willing to do it, that's okay. 
you can, like I said, you can go to that website that I mentioned earlier in our conversation, and they can go and order that test themselves and actually perform the test on their own. It's a very simple test with a cloth, and they can wipe, you know, floorboards and things in the house to collect dust and then send it into the laboratory, and it will give them an index test of the overall health of their home when it comes right. to mold. But you still don't, yeah. unless it's obvious, you don't know where the problem is. <laughs> you know, exactly. so you need somebody to, you know, that can do that part of it. So, and exactly. it's not probably... and, and not every, yeah, you're right. Not every home actually has visible mold. You know, like the house I was in, it did have visible mold, but I didn't know where it was. I never saw it. So I didn't know uh-huh. that it was hidden behind a door in the basement. That a door that yeah. I had never opened before, which was weird. So yeah, and that's that's the other reason why we really suggest that people get a thorough inspection and do you know get someone in there that that has the knowledge and knows where to look because a lot of these a lot of these guys you know some of them aren't that thorough but you'll get a guy who's thorough will go up into your attic into your crawl space you know they'll actually get in there with bright lights and take a look and. You know, moisture meters and cameras and all that sort. Those things are all really good things to look out for when you're trying to, you know, hire an inspector. Yeah, it's it's a complex subject, and I, you know, I know we're trying to just kind of fly at thirty thousand feet to give people an idea. Yeah. Um, so you're feeling good now, and and how long did it take for you to get? to that point and do you You like relapse if you go into space I'm feeling better Mm -hmm. it's been again since 2011 I still have a lot of lingering issues I've you know obviously I haven't had much help from the medical community so I've had to try to just deal with it on my own as far as you know I still have symptoms um I wouldn't say symptoms I believe they're damage there's a difference to me there's there's symptoms and then there's permanent damage um, and I want people to know that toxic mold is very serious. It can leave you with permanent damage. I know people mm-hmm. that have permanent brain damage. Um, my my neurological system was permanently damaged, so I have a lot of mm-hmm. neurological problems. I have I have difficulty with my um, my balance, and it's it's twenty four seven. So I can't really mm-hmm. work outside the home. I can't hold down a job. A lot of people just go into disability, which is it's so difficult. I went through a three-year disability fight with courts and lost my my case, mm. all because wow. I said that mold mold is not an illness and mold doesn't make you sick. So if Ooh. I could advise anyone to on that, that's another that's a whole other radio show. Mm-hmm. Is that mm-hmm. when you file for disability, never tell them that you have mold illness. You got to find something yeah. that's already in their book in order for them to approve you. So it's tough. Um, like I said, I yeah, run. You know, I do all my something. stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I do the best I can every day. You know, I try to get up, and I try to, you know, just embrace the fact that I'm still here, and I'm still breathing, and I'm trying to eat what I should, and I'm trying to, my whole thing is keeping all of the negativity out of my own brain, you know, it's, it's mm-hmm. rough, you know, you go through something like that, it's very traumatizing, and a lot of people can relate to this, where it's not just the physical, it ends up turning into the, to the, to the mental, because it, it creates PS, uh, PTSD, it creates sure. fear, you know, grief, loss, all those things come into play and it's really hard to deal with. Um, So I suggest to people that beyond just the physical part that they really address the mental health aspect of it too and get out in nature. Um, You know, those things that you always thought were corny, do those things. (laughs) You know, going out and sitting in the middle of the forest or weird things like that. (laughs) Yeah, or, or, you know. Eating, eating like a caveman or something. Yes, do it. <laughs> yeah, it, it does. It, it all matters. Yes, definitely. All right. Well, sh- share your, you know, website name again and and Facebook page and um, anything else you want to, you know, say before we close this out. Sure. Yeah. So my website is www. 
www.survivingtoxicmold.com. And then my Facebook group is the same. It's actually Surviving Toxic Mold, one word. So you can actually look that up. And then I do have a little, I guess, a little saying after the word. It's Ask the Expert. So you'll know that it'll be. Yep. And then I also, there's also another group that we did start um, a week or two ago. It's called Surviving Toxic Mold Games Only. And it's turning out to be a pretty nice group. Um, Right now we've got a little over 100 or 200 people that just joined the last week. But it's basically people showing their daily games of, like, getting through this um, and their positivity. We share a lot of, you know, good healing quotes and things for people to focus on because getting through this is a real mental game, and it's probably the hardest mental game Hmm. any of us have had to ever deal with. Um, so, yeah, that's another group. Um, yeah. And then my yeah. my home testing website is hometestingpros.com if anyone is interested in booking a, um, a testing, you know, a professional to come in their house to test that knows right. about mold illness and that sort of thing. Yep. And then, uh, you know, I guess if I can really leave one last word to people is that you're not alone. Um, it, you're not crazy. And that this is becoming more mainstream than you realize. There are more people like myself than you know who are advocates for you. There are more people that you realize that are, they have their, they have their skills, you know. They have their talents and skills, and they're using them to get the word out. There are people in almost every industry that I can think of. There's, there's leaders and, and, you know, spokespeople in the military that are fighting for people in the military, it's, it's a real problem. So there's just a lot of people doing this. And if you can reach out to these websites, there's a lot of people writing books. There's so many, so much on Amazon now than there used to be 10 years ago. There's a lot of doctors and practitioners that are writing books and sharing their knowledge. So just look for it and reach out. And, you know, it's, if anything, I try to keep up with all the people doing this, and I try to make a note of it on our website of the resources. And under the resources tab on my website, there's a lot of information for people to go and try to get help. Great. Yeah, the, the two books that – well, the, the one I think is real readable and helpful. I, I like Dr. Jill Krista, Break the Mold, um, and okay, yeah. Neil Nathan's book is good too, but it's maybe at times a little heavy. So, but the information yeah. is there, and um, yeah. you know, it's, it's it's an education process. And if you don't feel like reading now, you know, somebody close to you can start sifting the information. And you know, the yeah, the it is get it is going to be more and more prevalent because there's so many factors coming together, you know, the EMF and 5G and yeah. things that are really making these, you know, mold and fungus and bacteria that used to live happily, <laughs> um, yeah. you know, they're getting mad. And, and so, yeah. And, and then we, the other thing, I, I, I have the same question. Way. Yeah. That same question came up yesterday in my group and they said, what do I think it is? And I said, it's all those things that you mentioned. And it's also the fact that we're being bombarded by so many toxins today that people weren't bombarded with 20 or 30 years ago. We're allowing all of this toxic living to take control of us from our food, our water, the things we buy, the things we bring in our house. You know, we're, we're ordering things online that come from countries that have no EPA standards of chemicals and, you know, and we're just doing this to ourselves on every level, you know, and it's creating a toxic soup in our bodies. And when we are exposed to things like toxigenic molds or even Lyme bacteria from ticks or a mosquito for, for Pete's sake, you know, we're getting mm-hmm. so ill because our immune systems are, they're already taxed. So I right. think the next wave of nutrition and healing and health is going to be detoxification. That is my personal belief that the new way of healthcare is moving into how do we detoxify our bodies three times a day in order to stay living. That's just my thing. Right. That's a close. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. 
I still want to say a whole bunch of things about that, but <laughs> that's yeah, exactly. what we, we're that's doing a whole here. Other just, show, try, right? <laughs> just trying yeah. to get people to realize that they control a lot of their health outcome by what they put in their mouth and what they choose to do three times a day. Like you said, we have, we have a lot yeah. of choices and, and we, we've got to get our gut bugs help, help, healthy and happy. So they're fighting for us, but, you know, you've done a great job today just sharing your story, just helping people to be aware um, and, and some next steps. So definitely go to survivingtoxicmold.com and get the step-by-step guide and just start reading the hundreds and hundreds of articles and, and get in community. The You know, the Facebook group would be a great place to do that because you're going to need it. And I love your um, gains only group as well because sometimes it can get really, uh, you know, it'll be a downer if you're, you know, because people are coming in new and sharing all the terrible things, and and so we do need that <laughs> that group of people who are uplifting and and moving forward and finding answers. So thank you for all exactly. the work that you're doing. This is life changing. Thank you so much for having me. And, you know, I I honestly don't – some days I wake up and say, I can't believe I'm doing this. <laughs> but you know what? It's one of those things you have to take that quote that says, you know, why me? And I had to literally turn it around and say, why not me? Because that is exactly what has happened to me, is I was cho- – I, somehow I was chosen to do this. You know, somehow I this happened to me. And I had to take those lemons and I had to make lemonade. And I think that if everyone can grab on to that, even though it's kind of a cheesy quote, but as an ending to this conversation, just take that as a positive and say, look, I think I'm going to be able to do something with this now. I think I have answers. Let me take these lemons and just try to mash them up and make me some lemonade. Because I think that's what we need more of in the world instead of feeling as hopeless as, as you can possibly feel when you, something like this does happen. Right. That, you know, we've, we've been entrusted with this mantle and we need to get through it and get well and find answers and go back down the hill and help bring other people up. So, you know, we just need to mm-hmm. expand our kindness and compassion on people and, you know, we're, you're doing it. You're not isolating and, laying on the couch saying, you know, poor me, because you, you still could do that. You know, you are disabled, but you're doing yeah. good work in the way that you can do it and helping a ton of people. So thank you so much. And, you know, I just oh, pray that welcome. your good work continues forward. <laughs> thank you so much. And thank you for having me. And I really appreciate you reaching out. And, and I, and I, you know, I'm so glad to be here and just, just so glad to be able to share the information with everyone. Yes. Thank you, Jennifer. I'll be putting this out on uh, social media and YouTube and any place I can, but thank you again. And thank you listeners for um, sharing in this interview and we'll be back with could it be mold part five. All right, Jennifer, thank you and have a good day. Thanks.